Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. This is Ken Rashawn in Washington, D.C., on Amplified Voice America Influencer Channel. So we are up to a great week, beautiful weather, lots to be thankful for and grateful for. How are you, Andrea? I'm hunky-dory and more. Ah! (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. So how was your weekend? Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, lots of cool things in the works. I, I just been really excited, Ken, because so many things are coming together for the Keep Smiling movement. And um, we've taken all five years of Amplified and we've gotten them all ready and we're getting ready to put them up on a new released YouTube channel with all these uh, old shows coming back to life and being revamped. And so it'll be a lot of fun so that everybody can have a little bit of Amplified every day if they'd like and so- several times a day. <laughs> so it's like celebrating Aaron's birthday over and over and over again, our producer. Yes, our producer, sound engineer uh, extraordinaire, Aaron, uh, who uh, pleases us every Monday morning. Yes. Well, and blackmails us. If we don't say happy birthday, there's no show. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a different twist there, too. <laughs> yeah, so we always want to remind everyone to thank your cast and crew uh, because they are the people who uh, always make sure everything happens behind the scenes. <laughs> Well, this weekend, well, thank you for sending all the names. We have the Mega 2000 book that's heading to 2,500 pages of people we've met that have impressed us with their spirit and smile. And that book is available digitally. I don't think there's a, a printed version that will ever be possible with a binding that's about, I don't know, that thick or so. Well, what did you um, call it? A cube, of, a cube of love or a cube of well, hope? Well, that, that's not, <laughs> that is actually not that book. That's the other book. Yeah, because that's 2,000 pages. There's a big difference between 2,000 pages and 800 pages. And 800 pages (laughs) is the most that Amazon will print. So that was a wonderful trivia and information I got from our lovely friend Steve Sambliss with One Habit. And when Mm -hmm. he told me that, I said, you know what? I think we have a lot of authors that have done books with us. Why don't we assemble their chapters? So... We're going to find out what the 800 pages looks like this week, and we're going to go to print. So if you would like a copy of A Dose of Hope, the mini cube, it is a a big sandwich you can put on your uh, coffee table, six by six by three, and it is 100 stories of people you'd want to know, want to follow, want to inspire, support, every single thing. They've done amazing things with their life, and they've done it actually almost in a self-made uh, way. They've most, most of them have come from a place you wouldn't bet they would be where they are, is a good way to put it. Yeah. And most of them said if it wasn't for the horrific things that happened in their life, they wouldn't have risen to this greatness. So that's actually an interesting component to a lot of their inspiration or a lot of reason why you can have hope. <clears throat> So if you're uh, listening to this program and you've had a picture of yourself taken with a keep smiling card and you haven't seen that photo, chances are somehow your name and that photo haven't met. So we need to get your name on that. So reach out to us and we will find your mystery photo in our, uh, I think we have about 5,000 pictures that have not been identified yet. That's before we got smart and started. uh, Almost 7,000. 
Okay, 7,000. So we need your name so we can put it with a picture. And those of you who didn't have their picture taken but want to be a part of the Keep Smiling movement and be a Keep Smiling ambassador, all we need is for you to take a professional picture with a DSLR camera from waist up, smiling, holding a white card or a plain business card like the back of someone's business card, and we can Photoshop Keep Smiling, or you can reach out to me and I'll mail you some cards so we can have your picture and you can be part of us as well. And we want to remind people that we have services for people as our nonprofit. It's a 5013C. We're a mental and dental health organization. So do we not only help create smiles with motivation and inspiration through our publishing services with our books and products, our Dose of Hope books, our co-authored Keep Smiling books, but we also provide um, mental health services in the realm of hypnosis and limiting belief removal, meditation, and referral services for people who need help help with um, financial literacy, with their business, um, suicide prevention. We have partners in play for all of those things so we can help you in your personal life and your business. Donations can be made to PayPal, app symbol, keep smiling movement. We also celebrate podcasters. And oh, you're about to, speaking of that. Yeah, you're about mm. to have an amazing podcaster. We also celebrate people that understand how to brand and the importance of brand and understand why brand actually causes someone to have impact in the world. So this is an exciting <laughs> guest. So why don't you tell uh, about the sponsors? Cause I don't think you've told about the multitude of sponsors that just keep I coming have in. Not today. Just keep so in. we have been getting some new ones. I have some people interested uh, in being sponsors with us. So we'll uh, be announcing them in the future. So our first sponsor feature is Opus.Finance. Opus.Finance is a crypto technology that's decentralizing a global processing system for people all over the world. It's for the people, by the people, and it'll be addressing areas like philanthropy, energy, sustainability, and more, opus.finance. We want to thank Big Events USA, Perfect Publishing, The Umbrella Syndicate, The Red Carpet Connection, Voice America, Influencers Channel, and again, always love on the Keep Smiling movement. And with that... Uh, wait, 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 oh, with Opus. Oh, okay, so Opus... Uh, reached out to us and they wanted to make sure that we knew that they love nonprofits and they got us a coin. They got us a coin and that coin is going to flourish. So if you're a nonprofit and you don't know how crypto could help your nonprofit, why don't you tell them how it does, Andrea? Uh, well, actually, what you can do is you can reach out to me and I can invite you to an introductory, introductory class. We're teaching people whether you already know about crypto technology or you don't. We want to make sure that you know how that you can play along and learn how you can yield coin, how you can make money. It's called wrapped PE as well. That means it has an asset behind it to back you and support you so that your money is pulled together so that it makes more yield and then you actually have more money later. And that terminology already took some of you under the water. So uh, that's why I want you to follow up with me because we're going to break it down and make it easy and simple for you. But um, certainly a simple $500 a contribution of your own money into your own thing, it doesn't go to anybody else but you, can duplicate and um, multiply over time and we'll show you how that can be done because we want people to have equal access to financing uh, like all the people who have money do. We want the people who need to make money to understand how to have that for themselves. Basically, yeah. in closing, when you contact us and want to give a smile, you will actually be adding 
behind the scenes abundance to our nonprofit. So absolutely. Let's bring on Jeremy. I think it's time we bring on the man who is the brand, who is the podcaster, rocking the he world. He is quite Acquiring amazing. houses left and right. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> this is Jeremy. He's the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast. That's why Ken was showing you the podcast book. That, um, now, Create Your Own Life podcast studies the highest performers in the world. He has studied literature at Oxford University. He's a former champion power lifter turned new media entrepreneur, and he specializes in using podcasting and new media to create trust and opinion leader status. In iTunes, he ranked number one in the business category congratulations and number 78 in the top 100 and he was also named one of the top 26 podcasts for entrepreneurs in 2017 and 18 by CIO magazine a top podcast to listen to by Inc magazine in 2019 and was described as a millionaire influencer to follow in 2018 by BuzzFeed so we've been following and we finally have him here and he has been downloaded well not him personally but his podcast podcast downloaded over 2.5 million times and he's also a contributing editor of New Theory Magazine and Grit Daily and his success he also contributes with him and his wife Brielle and they have founded Command Your Brand Media to help leaders use the power of podcasts to change the world. Certainly he fits in with some wonderful things we're doing here at Amplified in the Keep Smiling movement. Welcome Jeremy to the program. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you guys today. Well, I got to say, um, I'm a little remiss because of several reasons. One is that we have this podcaster book. And, <laughs> and do you see who's in here? I, I can't. Mean, it's kind of small. Oh, it's Lewis Howes. Hey, Lewis there's Howes. Lewis. <laughs> and he was yeah. as mad as I am that you're not in this book, so we can't wait to get your photo. <laughs> yeah. And then the second thing is, I didn't know the power of numbers when I said this, but I... I placed our show number 27 in the world of podcasters. I wish I had known that 25 would have just jolted us a little further ahead. And so congratulations on your accomplishments with your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. So when you were born, um, I'm guessing you knew right out of the gate you wanted to be a podcaster. Oh, of course, man. You know, like in the, in the mid 80s, there was definitely podcasting and the internet was a thing. And, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not, uh, man. Like your mom and dad said, don't you dare be a doctor. And we want you to not. I came from a super like middle class, like, like white co or blue collar family. Like my parents, like both didn't go to college or anything like that. So like, you know, like my, my whole thing, I was always taught, like, go to college, you know, go to grad school, do all this stuff. So like, you take know, Latin. that was going to, yeah, take Latin. Like that was going to get you the career of your dreams. And I found out that was far from the truth, man. Yeah. So uh, tell us about um, what did happen in your childhood that kind of caused you to understand the power of branding, the power of, I guess, um, amplifying, in our words, goodness to encourage people to be bigger and better. I don't know if it was really in my childhood, though, because I feel like as so many people do, like a lot of times you like live the dreams your parents want for you and stuff like that. So like I kind of went the path of being a teacher and it wasn't until um, when I was 24, um, my mom had a really bad stroke um, and we almost ended up losing her. Um, and, you know, we still have her to this day, but she's lost her language skills. She can't use the right side of her body and, and everything like that. So, you know, like she's been able to see me get married. She's been able to see me. Um, you know, have our first daughter and, and whatnot. So like, we've been able to have all those experiences with her. Um, but it made me look at life a lot differently after that, right? Like I was in a teaching career where I wasn't very happy. And I didn't go to school. For, I was I was teaching um, 
AP US history um, and uh, sociology. And, but I didn't have like a teaching degree or anything like that. Like I have a master's in ancient history and in New Jersey, if you want to teach in private school, you don't need a teaching degree. They just throw you in a room with like 40 kids and say, good luck. No, but you uh, also have to have a beating heart. Now, come on. Well, a beating heart sometimes. Beating. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've <laughs> seen some of the teachers in the, in the teacher's room, man. The, the hearts are not always beating. Like they're, they're on life support. Um, but like the, 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 the thing, the thing that's really difficult is like, so I didn't have any classroom management skills and like, I don't want to sound like I'm like old, but like, you know, when I was in high school, man, like cell phones weren't really a thing yet. So like, um, it's a different world, man. Like they get their phone out and everybody's trying to like get you on TikTok if they can like make you angry or something. And like, that was every single day. Like how far can we push him and get him on video? Um, so that was every <laughs> oh, day no. of my life for two years. Um, so I just come and home and like, what? And then you retired after two years. And then I retired. I retired. That was it. I was, it was a 40 year career in, in two years. Um, like I was just so burnt out, man. Like, because like, and they all had also gotten rid of like um, number grades um, in this school and they only had letter grades. So kids had realized that they could fail f- everything and pass one thing by a point and they'd get enough to like get a D. So like, it was just pandemonium gone wild. And that was my, my like life every single day. And I was like, I can't do this for, you know, however many years you, you, you do before you retire. So then when my mom had this stroke, I was kind of like, whoa, like mega pattern interrupts. And it made mm-hmm. me look at a lot of what I was doing. And, um, you know, like you could have shown me how to like pick garbage and sell it on Etsy at that point in time. And I would have went for it. But my, my wife like was presented this network marketing opportunity. She's my, my fiance at that point in time. And I didn't know what that was. So I saw this presentation. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be a millionaire like tomorrow. This is going to be awesome. Um, it didn't work like that. Um, but it was kind of like the first thing to like get me moving. And I did a bunch of different things before I found my way into podcasting. Okay. So why ancient history? I'm a super nerd, man. Like I, I love history. Um, I sit and read lots of old books. Like one of my favorite books is called Ermengarde of Narbonne in the world of the troubadours. Um, it was this woman um, around the 1100s that um, that's when marriages were arranged um, in Southern France mm-hmm. and her husband got sick and died. And she realized if she never got married again, that she could live as you know pretty much a queen. Um, so it's like a really interesting story. So I just, I'm always interested in like what makes people do certain things, what makes people think a certain way. Cause here's the thing that you'll realize um, kind of the more, world you see and the more life you experience, like the same things seem to happen again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we understand about what's happened previously, like hopefully the better decisions we can make in the future. And I say hopefully because, you know, we don't always do that. Um, but to me, like really understanding our past and what makes us who we are is, is an incredible thing. So how does history, uh, uh, I guess, uh, resemble what's happening now? Um, so I, I guess- no, it, well, the Spanish flu, I think, would be one thing, but you can also look at, like, you know, like, empires changed, right? Like, you know, like, um, you know, Rome fell, different things changed. So, I think you can look at a lot of those different things and see, like, you know, where we can take more responsibility and things like that. Um, so, I think, I think there's a lot of that in it as well. Um, I also think you can look at, like, different leaders through history, and you can look at, you know, like, um, what people have done and learn from that as well. So I, I think there's a, there's a lot to come from that, but also at the same time, if you go over to the literary side, like we had some incredible writers like Virgil, we had some incredible writers like, um, you know, like, well, it's not really a writer, but the stories of, of Homer, cause Homer was probably like eight people. So I think there's a lot to, to culturally learn from that. And there's a lot of enrichment that can come in people's lives. And Alexander the Great, Great was pretty cool. So, you know, it's, there, there's, there's a lot of that too. Well, I think what's interesting about what you're saying uh, with history repeating itself is 
I watch a lot of documentaries, and Me one too. of the documentaries that um, copycat. <laughs> um, one of the documentaries that jolts that uh, history repeats itself to me is the documentary Too Big to Fail and I think our empire as we know it wouldn't be here if we weren't too big to fail there's just too many countries and the world would collapse as well so it's not yeah. really in the best interest of China or any comp- uh, country to have us fail yeah there's a really interesting book I read uh, in high school too so this is a long time ago it's called the Lexus Neology the theory on globalization by Thomas Friedman and it's he has this thing called the golden golden arches theory of finance and it's a really simple way for saying that two countries that have a McDonald's have actually never went to war against each other and and I think it's because of like you know corporate interests being so deeply tied into economies mm-hmm. that like if people do that kind of stuff it just doesn't really benefit anybody gotcha gotcha so why podcasting I, so as I said, I came from a very academic background and I've listened to podcasts for a really long time. Like I listened to them since 2007. There's one show that I still listen to the, to this day um, called the No Agenda Show. And it's hosted by Adam Curry that used to be on MTV and stuff like that. Yeah. And they basically, they list, they, they play clips from the news and they try to like figure out what's happening and make fun of it for like three hours, twice a week. It's great. <laughs> and fun. So, I, so that was kind of my first introduction. I've been a listener since like 2007. But at the same time, like, as I said, I came from an academic world, man. So like everything I wrote was very, very, very complicated. Like my, my first, uh, my graduate thesis, there's a reason it didn't, it didn't sell well once it became a book called, was called Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus and the Apotheosis of Augustus. So as you can see, my early writing was not very easily consumed by people. So podcasting, I feel like for me, what's that? <laughs> or even being able to pronounce yeah, exactly, the title. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, don't name things in Latin, not a great idea. So like for me, like having a podcast was a lot easier because I was too much of an academic writer early on. So I had to kind of learn to, to write more in a way that people can understand. So for having a podcast, like I can have conversations with people. I'm really interested in people. So I feel like that was a much easier um, kind of arena for me to get into. I got the Augustus is Augustus or August. What, tell me the rest of the translation. So um, it's basically Pompey the Great's blueprint for becoming a God that's, that Caesar Augustus applied. So the, the um, Caesar Augustus was the first Roman emperor um, to convince people, well, he was the first Roman emperor, but he was also the I, one that... I like that, this fan. I'm a big fan of his like page. <laughs> but um, he was also the one that created the uh, emperor worship. And um, he then continued for like almost 500 years until until the fi- final emperor, which was Romulus Augustulus. Um, and he actually looked at um, this kind of competition between his adopted father, Julius Caesar, and the general Pompey the Great. And they had this competition to see like, who could work harder to convince people he was, they were God. And um, he looked at how Pompey did it and Pompey convinced people he was the new Alexander, which was really interesting. So mm-hmm. people made it easier for him to see him as divine. So Augustus saw that and he's like, well, my dad was smart, but this guy was smarter. So I'm going to do that. So it was kind of like that then applied for another 500 years. Marcus Aurelius. Um, I've read a little bit of, of, of Aurelius. I'm, I'm more into like, um, like early empire propaganda stuff because I just find it very interesting. And Gladiator fan or not? I think it was a great movie. Um, historically, totally inaccurate, but it was a great movie. Yeah, the Hollywood it. I mean, Ridley Scott. Yeah, well, it's, he, Troy is the same way though too. Like Troy no, was an incredible oh <laughs> movie, but like, like that was one of my favorite roles for Brad Pitt, but it is like so like not like uh, the Iliad at all. <laughs> right, just, just a little off. <laughs> Tiny bit. So, how did you and Andre meet? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. The bloody yeah. LinkedIn. 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I he came across my uh, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn feed and I started looking at what he was doing. I uh, listened in a couple of his podcasts and I realized he was interviewing people that you and I have met, Ken, and some people that we've had on the show and some people that I'd like to have on the show that we just haven't got them on the calendar yet. And I thought, well, why am I not having Jeremy if he's the top 100 podcaster and we have a podcaster book? Why are we not talking to this young man who can really, um, you know, who's been really doing great things with some great people? So when you asked that question, what was the answer? Because I didn't hear the question. When you you never asked that question to me, you just asked it to yourself, I guess. <laughs> it was rhetorical. Uh, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Hey, um, I got a big. Question I knew for that you, Ken would say yes. <laughs> I got a big question for you. Can Come you in. imagine a world with no rhetorical questions? Was that a rhetorical question? <laughs> yeah, it was an attempt. <laughs> okay, so um, let's let's talk. Um, I guess in a way because of good old Julius Caesar. Would he uh, would he make it as president of the United States? Would he would he beat Trump? Would he beat Biden? You know, I I I think he would, and the reason is the, the, he he would bring an army across the Rubicon and just conquer us all. So like that that's kind of the difference, man. Um, is a lot of our politicians now just have big mouths, and that's on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, like in in that time period, um, um, like one generation before Caesar, um, um, Sulla. Lucas Cornelius Sulla was the first person to actually form an army and march on the city of Rome. And he's like, all right, you guys are going to put me in charge now. Um, so they wouldn't, it wasn't really about beating. It was like, we're just going to put the military in place and you guys are all done. So if that happens, you know, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would not be exactly a democracy. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's it, it would, it would be autocracy. It would, it'd be over, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So if uh, Ridley Scott kind of tunes into us a little bit because we're in the top 100 and million and six uh, podcasts in the world. And if you heard uh, the conception you had for the thing that would beat Gladiator, what would that be from a story that, and, and even you can title it with your Latin if you want. A story that would beat Gladiator? Yeah. I mean, that was- it's already, it's already happened. I'm sorry, Ridley Scott. Um, it, has, <laughs> it has already happened and it was done by Oliver Stone and it's called the movie Alexander um, with Good Colin question. Farrell. Um, it's like almost four hours long. You get to the end and you actually feel like you live that life because it's so darn long. Um, but it's an actual incredible movie. So, so sorry, Ridley Scott. So in case I forget to ask this question in the rapid fire, I do love the good wife, which is a Ridley Scott show, but you know, anyway. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) So, um, in case I forget to ask this question in our rapid fire, um, who is someone from the ancient times you'd want to meet? You know, Alexander the great was, was pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm very, very, very interested in him. Um, cause he's, it, it's, I, I have this kind of idea, um, that there's these guys that start out with very good ideas. Like Alexander the Great is one, um, Lorenzo di Medici is another, um, and Cesare Borgia is another. They start out with really good ideas. You know, they all want to unite the world and they want to make people more educated and stuff like that. But then something happens, they snap and they want more power and they start breaking a bunch of stuff. So I want to kind of learn, I guess, what makes somebody do that? Like what makes them go from altruism to I'm going to crush you guys and put you all in chains. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I have a book I did a couple years ago. Yeah. And it was a book I heard. I saw it on Facebook and this guy put a post saying, hey, I'm going to give you my 50 book challenge. And he did it. So he did it the year before. And he said, these are the books I read. And he put it out. You are someone that I would be very interested in hearing the 50 books you would say for 2021. You could, should read uh, either for enjoyment or even applicable abundance that you'll experience in 2021. That'd be, 
pretty high. I'd have to write them down for you. I don't know if I could name them all. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to name them right now, but my point is I would love to have a conversation after the show yeah, man. as to either feeding me and my son some good stuff to, to read for 2021 and or I would love to give that 50 book challenge for the person who wants to go deep in history. That's pretty cool. I find myself, I read a lot of biographies and autobiographies because you learn a lot about people's lives. Like mm-hmm. um, I read a Sam Walton book, which is really awesome. Um, I read, yeah, um, I read he's, a, he's, a, he's a pretty pretty interesting character. Um, or I read a book called The Great Bridge by David McCullough, who's one of my favorite authors. Um, it's about the Brooklyn Bridge, um, which is was built before the 1900s. The story of how they did it, like, it's just incredible. So to me, like, to learn how people think big and how mm-hmm. they experience things differently is, is pretty awesome. Or um, another book, which I read, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I read a great book called Belichick. And I just think that Bill Belichick is one of the most interesting, um, I guess, strategician strategists of this kind of age. I, I would tend to agree. He's done rather <laughs> well with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious. I, I re- recently watched um, how, um, how and why, you know, the uh, Colosseum in Rome was built and what mm-hmm. they did and they reconstructed some things. And I like to look at the anthropology and the archaeology part yeah. of why those people did things and what they did to bring together. And I found that quite amazing because um, um, it kind of goes along with your question, Ken, about like the politics for now, like they're having all this crazy violence and, you know, people eat, fighting tigers and lions and bears and ships sinking. Uh, all of that um, really brought people together and then commanded respect for the person who was leading. And then they vote, you know, wanted that person in lead. So. And we haven't really changed that much either, Andrea. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think people watch NASCAR just for the crashes and like you know like you like you 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 watch like in the arena like a guy would you know kick the heck out of another guy and then he would stand above him with the sword and he'd wait for people the whole audience to give him the thumbs up or the thumbs down so it's like Mm -hmm. should i kill this person like basically at that point in time you know on national television (laughs) (laughs) pretty much pretty much (laughs) so uh, in the second segment we're going to go a lot more into your podcast and your new book that i understand you're doing as as, as well as how to build a brand and possibly even build a podcast okay yeah but um is there anything we're leaving out in this first segment with regard to uh your childhood your upbringing your history something that uh you'd like to share with the audience of how you created who you are so I, I think the, the biggest thing I want to emphasize, and I feel like my generation's really bad at this, is they feel like, you know, kind of the skies are open up and they're going to find their purpose. Like, you know, like teaching wasn't it for me, right? Like, and then I went from there to network marketing, which I found out wasn't really it for me. I went to selling life insurance, which wasn't it for me. And, you know, I kind of ended up selling products on Amazon before I ended up in the podcast space. Like you, you, you want to be okay with, you know, working on learning the hard skills at something and continuing to work and work and work at it until you get where you want to go. I think a lot of times especially with people thinking they're going to come out with a college degree that's going to get them a job. Like you've got to be willing to work it out and find what you're good at and, and find what you want to spend your life doing. Like, you know, you can't think it's just going to find you. And I guess from a, a technical, let's give Jeff Bezos some more money. Uh, what are the products you're using right now to get the optimal sound and production? Um, so, and yes, I did buy these all on Amazon. Actually, no, I bought the mic directly from Sure. This is a Sure um, SM7B. Um, which is then plugged into a preamp, which is a cloud lifter to give me about 70 extra decibels. And the interface I'm using is a Scarlett 2i2. Um, and then I got like two, uh, two box lights over here. So. Headphones? Uh, the headphones, these are Tascam. Tascam? Okay. Yeah, they're just the, they're kind of the entry-level Tascam. Yeah. The, the other stuff was definitely impressive, and Tascam <laughs> does a good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tascam's the digital recorder I use when I do interviews in person. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, 
Yeti. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not a huge Yeti fan just because I've found that they pick up a lot of background noise and stuff like that. And it's one of those mics that if you're not like yeah, it's making out directional, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> it's one of those mics too. If like you're like not making out with it, like you, you don't get really, really good sound out of it. Yeah. And people on the outside get more love than you do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're getting close to break here. So um, why don't you take us out for the first segment and we'll be back in a minute. Uh, that's what we want to thank our sponsors again, opus.finance. The Umbrella Syndicate, Perfect Publishing, Big Events USA, The Red Carpet Connection, Voice America Influencers Channel, Exploring Expression, and of course, please Change love on and create your brand. Yes, we're including Jeremy <laughs> no, today. Our, uh, command your brand. I'm sorry. Create your pot. Create your own life podcast and command your brand. Media is Jeremy's, and of course, send your love to the keepsmilingmovement.com, and we'll be back after these. You see how hard I work for you, Jeremy. I mean, I'm working, man. You work it. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, what a great first segment with Jeremy, learning about the past, bring it to the future, all with Latin. Thank you, Jeremy. So, Andrea, let's give a shout out to our uh, lovely, most importantly, Command Your Brand podcast. <laughs> well, uh, certainly you already mentioned it. So uh, that's who Jeremy Ryan Slate is with. Uh, that's what he does for his podcast. He also has Command Your Brand Media. And we're certainly ha- happy to have him on this Amplified with Ken Rashan, your host. And I'm your executive producer, Andrea Adams-Miller. And Jeremy, we're so happy to have you with us today and find out more about what you've been doing to make all this happen and um, how you've attracted the leaders that you've interviewed and so forth. So Ken, take it away. So our only goal in this show is to get you to 25. You're 26. We need to move you up one needle point, right? (laughs) I love the fact that you took 12 years of Latin because I took four years to get into uh, anatomy physiology and golly gee, that made it easier, but make life like better. (laughs) We we had to like, actually, so like the way you actually like graduate from that program in grad school is they, they put like um, a couple pieces of Virgil in front of you in Latin and they're like, great, make this English. And you're like, okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I don't count that as one of the languages I dabble in, but uh, I wanted to talk to uh, you about, well, first of all, let's give some shout outs to some of the people you have had as a guest, and that way we can 
let them know we are thankful during Thanksgiving week and the gratitude of who really does make a difference in the world when they're on your show. Wow. So I've, I've had a lot of incredible people like, um, well, just like the first 500 that's first 500 was well, so almost 800, man, uh, 500. Wow. Um, and go. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, so I want to thank my mom now. Um, so like we've had Grant Cardone on the show, which is really awesome. Uh, Jack Canfield, um, Tom Billia, which you mentioned before, Kara Golden, um, former CIA director, General David Petraeus, um, three-time Indy 500 champion, Elio Castroneves. Like I've had a lot of incredible people. I've just been so grateful from some of the people we've been able to talk to. So I just did a book called One Habit with 800 pages. And the guy was perplexed that people that are successful typically have one habit that they they do over and over again. It causes them to be the success and the, the mm -hmm. habit's not the same, but the point is that they live a habit. Did, did you learn some things about them that uh, were eye opening? You said, wow, I may want to apply that, or this is related to the success of Julius Caesar or whoever. Well, don't, don't, don't invade your own country, man. Never a good <laughs> idea. Um, yeah. Cause that, that could get you killed. Um, yeah. But anyway, so like the, the thing that was interesting, like, and it took me a long time to kind of arrive at this point, Ken, like, um, I, I've looked at it and, you know, with the almost 800 interviews we've had, we're going to, we're actually going to hit 800 on Wednesday. Um, they, they have really six principles in common, which really surprised me because it's, it's one of those things that like, you kind of get to like 250 episodes. And you're like, wow, I keep hearing the same things again and again and again. And, and it's quite interesting. And that's actually why, you know, I've written, a, we're working currently on a book on the subject called extraordinary. We're actually in the pre-launch phase right now. And, and what I've realized is like, to be extraordinary, like a lot of people I've interviewed, like they have a lot of things in common. Like the first being like adversity for them is like a, something that doesn't push them away. Right. It's like a big tool. It's a growth opportunity. It's, it, it's something that allows them to kind of, I don't know, have like their, their Peter Parker moment. Right. Like I think a lot of when they become Spider-Man in that way. And, and I think that it's something that helps them to become what they always wanted to become, right? Like you look at somebody like, um, like Bedros Koulian. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bedros, but he owns one of the largest fitness franchises in the country called Fit Body Bootcamp. He came to America from Armenia um, when it was still a communist country at the time. Um, his dad had $250 in his pocket, five siblings, including him. And their first couple of weeks in the U.S., they were like dumpster diving to like make dinners. And, you know, because of that, he'll outwork anybody. He'll put in more hours than you. He'll, you know, do things that, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to do. And I think that that adversity and that willingness, it creates kind of like traits, right? That, that you are willing to take more and do more. And I think it's a huge gift. They kind of look at that adversity as tool and as, and as a tool and as fuel. Okay. So that's, that's awesome. Tell me, tell me a couple more. I'm interested. Yeah. So an another thing too, and as we kind of already touched on this, um, but I mean, like don't tell your whole book. We do want no, to, no, no, it it's, it's cool, man, but it, it makes sense. <laughs> but we've kind of already touched on this, but like the same time, like they don't expect to just find their purpose. And I think as I, as I've stated, it's kind of like one of the problems of my generation. I'm in my mid thirties and they kind of think like, you know, like their parents put them through college and they're just going to find a job and it's going to be incredible. Um, it's not like that. And there's a book I actually read by Cal Newport and we actually talked about it on the show. It's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And Cal talks about this idea and it actually comes from a Steve Martin quote, by the way. I love Steve Martin. Um, and uh, he talks about this idea of like finding something you're good at and continuing to work and work and work and work at it until you become passionate. I think a lot of the times people want to find their passion and you're never going to find it if you don't work at something. So that's kind of another really th big thing about extraordinary people they're willing to work it out they're willing to do stuff that they don't like because they know it goes to the bigger goal of you know wanting to make an impact or wanting to help people or whatever it may be um, at the same time another thing they do is they move from just being about themselves to being about a larger group of people and you've probably seen with us with a lot of people you've spoken to ken like when people are just so focused on themselves and their own success it becomes really hard to get everything right like every dollar is like so hard 
But when you become focused on the number of people you can help and the amount of impact you can have, you start to create this abundance, right? And I, and I think that's, you know, what you're seeing with your creating smiles uh, movement that you've been talking about is, you know, like it's the impact people are making. And that's really what I've seen with a lot of the people we've had on the show is once you become more heart centered and not just centered on me, 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 you can make a huge impact. And I've, I've seen it again and again and again, when, you know, with a lot of people I've spoken to. Well, I thought when you started and when I said you can, you know, say the 500 people you want to give a shout out to and give gratitude to, I thought you were going to do a Steve Martin. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Steve Martin. <laughs> we're just too wild and crazy guys. <laughs> Love Steve. <laughs> I was trying to remember the bit while you were talking that he did that's my favorite and it's embarrassing. I can't remember the exact title of it, but it's about the uh, McKinley wrench, the sprocket, not socket joke i don't know if you i i don't know like my favorite awesome. c martin movie is the jerk um that's such an incredible movie favorite. where he's dude i just i just watched that i just watched that did you three days ago because i hadn't seen him forever so the guy's like reading the phone book and he's like looking for names and he finds them and he shoots them as he nails over as he leans well, he, over. He, the, the cans are being shot the cans are leaking right <laughs> these cans are leaking they're yeah, defective that... <laughs> well i am the the determined is... at some point to find the steve martin but uh actually i i think i found it it's the Langstrom seven-inch yeah. gangly wrench. Yeah. So, c- can I actually take a minute to read my favorite Steve Martin joke for you? Go Jeremy. for it, man. All right. <clears throat> so he says, "Okay, I don't like uh, to gear my material to an audience, but I'd like to make an exception because I was told that there are, is a convention of plumbers in San Francisco this week. I understand about thirty of them came down to the show tonight. So before I came out, I worked up a special joke for them for the plumbers. Those of you who aren't plumbers probably won't get this, and I won't and won't think it's funny, but." I think those of you who are plumbers will really enjoy this. <clears throat> this lawn supervisor was out in a sprinkler maintenance job, and, this, and he started working on a Finley sprinkler head with a Langstrom 7-inch gangly wrench. Just then, the little apprentice leaned over and said, you can't work on a Finley sprinkler head with a Langstrom 7-inch wrench. Well, this infuriated the supervisor, and he went out and got volume 14 of the McKinsey uh, manual, and he read to him and says, the Langstrom 7-inch wrench can be used by the uh, with the Finley sprocket. Just then, the little apprentice leaned over and said, it says sprocket, not socket. <laughs> wow. And, and what's amazing is the audience is dead, and then Steve Martin comes back with this. Were the plumbers supposed to be here at this show? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, it's like a my dad joke. Like, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, come on, dad, really? Like, like, I'm, I'm actually so – so uh, I, I, it's funny. Like, in the future, I've, I've talked to my dad about doing this. Is like, at some point in time, I wanted to do an episode called The Truman Show. My dad's name is Truman. Okay. And I just want to do an episode where I just ask him about a lot of the crazy stories he tells me. And I'm like, you kind of get to the end. You're like, wait, what just happened? It's kind of like that. (laughs) Okay. So we have uh, a lovely period called COVID that seems to have given rise to not only podcasts, but podcasts flourishing because of the, not just the amount of time, but the amount of technology. Zoom Mm -hmm. being like our show before Jack Canfield came on the show and before COVID. In other words, they both happened about the same time became a zoom show on mm. top of a facebook show and then so before it was just uh, voice america recorded it went on itunes and we did what we could to push it out there yeah so someone's thinking about doing a podcast what's your advice well i'd say first of all like find something different about what you do right like there's too many people out there that try to like make the exact same show and you have to give people a reason why they're going to want to get it from you right like it could be the people you're talking to it could be the topics you're discussing it could be that you're super niche which honestly you know I started this in 2014. I've found that 
and you've probably seen this as well since your show's been around for a while, like niche matters more than ever before now. And that's because there's so many shows out there. You have to find a way to differentiate yourself. So if you're going to do the exact same show as everybody else, like, you know, keep working at it until you find something different to talk about. There's just too many people doing the exact same show. And it's just, I, I would just discourage people from doing that. Okay. And then building uh, the distribution, which would be an aspect of the show's success. How, how, how would one go about that? Well, so you got to know your main, your main metrics and um, you know, it's changed over the years. I know Spotify is growing and stuff like that, but Apple podcast to this point is still the largest one that a lot of people get their shows from. So you have to know your key metric in there and that's number of subscribers. So if you actually ever see those charts for the categories in Apple podcasts, um, people actually rank by the number of subscribers in a 24 hour period in ratio to their current number of subscribers. So if you have a really big bump, that's why you can be ranked higher than a, than a show that's actually larger than you. Um, because it's the ratio of growth to your total show growth. So really, you need to be pushing people to subscribe as much as you can. Like reviews are great. They're awesome for social proof, but they're not something that really ranks you at all on Apple Podcasts. So until, you know, kind of a different strategy comes out with like Spotify or one of these, I still tell people to focus on Apple Podcasts. So it's getting as many people as you can to subscribe to your show and doing that consistently. You know, gamify it a little bit if you can. Um, I know we do some book giveaways and stuff like that once in a while for people subscribing. But you want to find a way to keep people engaged to subscribe to your show because that's going to be the key thing that, that gets you more, you know, I guess in, the, in this way, earballs instead of eyeballs. Uh, YouTube associated with your show? So we only started doing, so I've had a YouTube channel forever and we've built up, I think like 700 and something subscribers, like literally just sticking up like the audio with a picture in front of it. So like yeah. finally in the last week, actually, we, we have now started doing a YouTube show as well. And, um, you know, the video elements are kind of going up there. So I'm interested to kind of see where that goes. YouTube, we haven't really kind of, I guess, cracked the strategy on it. But more or less, we just stuck the video up there and we'd see. And we surprisingly went from, you know, zero subscribers to, you know, over 700 by not really trying. You make me feel bad we did an interview two weeks ago because then I just <laughs> said, you know, he's on YouTube now. Yeah. They really are on YouTube now. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes, Jeremy, because I've been studying it, and then I just started creating it. So mm -hmm. we went back and took all our archives of yeah. uh, like over 260, 70 shows and mm -hmm. took all of those. So we're creating those and putting the video with it. Yeah, I'm or, glad you announced that at the beginning of the show because otherwise Jeremy would have said on his next show, hey, listen, watch that Amplify. They're going to go on YouTube. Just like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So I just wanted to let you know, Jeremy, not to brag, but we're two weeks ahead of you. So. Okay. So <laughs> Damn, man. So um, you, get a, you get a big guest. Yeah. How do you leverage that guest to really, and partner with that guest to really get your show to grow? So that's tricky because the, the, the thing is, is you have to understand, especially big people, they're doing a lot of media, right? Like they're doing a lot of, a lot of interviews, a lot of print interviews, a lot of radio interviews, TV interviews, podcasts. So like you're just kind of one of a bunch. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a way to make that conversation really matter, and to me, that's why, like, I don't go crazy with prep, but I try to find out what's unique about that person and, and really get into communication with that person and go in an interesting way. And in that point in time, you're kind of giving yourself a better chance of getting shared and leveraging their audience. But like with popular people, it's just a lot harder. Like um, I really had a great conversation with Grant Cardone. We got lucky enough that he put us on all of our social media and emailed us out. So that was a huge, huge bump for us. And it was a great interview. Um, and, and other people too, where I've gotten referrals to other big guests because we had such a great conversation. So to me, it's really making that conversation matter, making it unique to that person and, you know, not just asking people, you know, the same 10 questions because you're not giving them a reason right. for it to really stand out or be different or be special or important to that person. But when you do, and you make it matter, you're giving yourself a better shot of kind of reaching a broader audience. Well, first of all, I want to apologize for not making this show special for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> We've talked about a lot of things here, man, that I don't even discuss. So, like, you know, like, I think you're doing a good job at that. So, uh, going to questions. Uh, questions yeah. that uh, jolt the guest into engagement without offending them, obviously. It's, it's yeah. about them saying exactly what Grant Cardone said. Because I've, I've had guests on the show that have been a bit impressive. And I said, wow, this is what an honor to have you on the show. And he says, well, we've been on 12 shows today and we have about 50 this week. So <laughs> I go, yes, we're special. Okay. So um, how, how does one ask, well, not how does, what are some of the better questions that you ask that cause that feel? So part of it isn't just the questions. It's also the preparation as well. So what I like to do is I'll look at if somebody was on a show, like whether it's a TV show or a radio show or whatever that I really respect, and I'll actually listen to that interview. And I listen to it, um, you know, at full speed because I know some people like to listen to things at like double speed or whatever. But the thing I'm actually listening to is I'm listening to how do they answer questions, right? Like, are they short? Are they long? Are there hesitations? Does it feel like they didn't give the full answer? So that way I'm looking at what happens there and I can learn, oh, okay, they answered that question, but there was actually a lot more there. Like they, they were missing something. So I'll take notes on things like that. I'll also look about like, what are they uniquely like? Um, like I found out, uh, you know, General Petraeus had a lot of uh, admiration for, um, um, oh, which president was it? Um, oh gosh, during the Civil War. Totally blank, totally blank. Abraham blank. Lincoln? Uh, Ulysses Grant. There we go. Um, he had a lot of immigration for Ulysses Grant. So we talked about U.S. Grant, you know, like, and that's a really interesting thing. Or another one of my guests, I found out he had like written this obscure blog post about how much he liked G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis. So we talked about Chesterton and Lewis for a few minutes. Like, whoa, he got like all excited and lit up. And I think when you can find those things that are uniquely interesting and important to those people, um, it's really cool as well. Like I had a guest on um, that's in a famous circus family. Um, and I actually, like our family loves the circus. So I happened to talk about we had just went to the Big Apple Circus the week before, which we've been to like seven times. And um, I happened to mention like that circus and some acts in it. And I didn't realize like his family like had some really special history with that circus. I had no idea. But like, at the same time, if you also are kind of in the right content area, you have a good chance of kind of creating some really great synergy there. Well, I wasn't able to research whether you'd watch The Greatest Showman about Barnum and Bailey. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't yes. see it? You didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've seen it about. So uh, we have, as you mentioned earlier, I have a two-year-old uh -huh. um, that absolutely loves that movie. So we've probably seen it like seven hundred and twenty-seven times or something like that. I think Ken has your beat, just so you know. And he doesn't really? have a two-year-old. No, he I, does I not have a two-year-old. It's because he <laughs> loves it. I I saw it and I love it. Ladies and, and gents, this is the show you've been I waiting for. Man, you're good. I, Jeremy, I see Ken as my, you know, P.T. Barnum guy, you know, with yeah. us in this movement. I, you know, with I want to raise him and, and, and lift him to this, you know, level of amazing all over the world. And he goes by Dr. Smiley as a rep, you know, because he is getting, he got his doctorate. But to, because I, he's the representative, the founder of the movement, you know, the big aha of why this is. And, you yeah. know, and I see myself as, you know, like that partner with him to push him along, to help lift him to that. So I totally am into that. Movie. See, I just see Napoleon Bonaparte when I see The Greatest Showman. I mean, that's just all I see. <laughs> oh, because a little general? <laughs> yeah, the little general. Good yeah, job, man. That, that segue was not possible. I, I, love when he's, I love when he's talking to, I love when he's talking to the queen and she's like, <laughs> Yes, that is crazy, isn't it? And I actually did a little research on that part of the show. I was, I was like, how real is that? And it was actually quite real. Wow. Right? Yeah, he, he made a fortune off the little general, um, yeah. Tiny Tim, right? It's, I, I forget what the character's name was. but the, the, Well, the, 
he was he was very good in business and he made a fortune off that little guy and that little guy got away with murder because he was actually that popular he could he could be that and that made him more popular actually yeah well it's interesting too because i think pt barnum's like a guy you can learn a lot from just because of his his flair for showmanship right like i think like that's another thing that in the, in the PR world, like it's really interesting to have kind of a flair for showmanship for it, right? Like something has to be interesting. And um, his nickname was actually the King of Humbug, um, and which is, has to right. do a lot with a lot of the type of stories which are, that he made which were very sensational and stuff like that. So there has to be like a hook to whatever you're doing. And Barnum was really good at that, man. There's always has to be a hook or an interesting thing that grabs people. Yeah, he had the Humbug. General Tom Thumb. General yeah, Tom, Tom Thumb. Thumb. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and there you have it said first during the pandemic are amplified tom thumb has been resurrected (laughs) (laughs) i had the pleasure i was um at an event uh i i went and flew in when was with the speaker and i got to uh, be there as a side speaker and we presented Mm -hmm. on virtual camera to people in the amphitheater on screens and they asked me to sing and i got to sing um you know um from the show it was really fun to be able to do that I, I was really honored that i had that opportunity because i do theater myself so it's it's a great show we went to hugh jackman's live show by the way which is called i think the man the man the music the show i think like that something like that it is like incredible uh and uh the woman that sings this is me um in that movie like actually showed up as like a guest performer oh at this really yeah, that's the like, song i really, sing really at, incredible at, well yeah. and he had uh he had like a nose cancer some kind of ailment during the the show and and so he wasn't able to make some of the rehearsals and he Mm -hmm. made them he made a couple of them that he just he says i'm gonna be there and she won that part in the rehearsal yes exactly that was such a great video yeah well while we're in euphoric mode and i the chance of me getting a no from you is probably at the lowest level i'm gonna ask you a question whoo i'm gonna ask you because you cause so many smiles in the world i would like you to be either on this cover as the name the story of how you bring podcasts to the world and cause smiles. So that's uh, certainly one invitation, but we, we really, okay. uh, I, I can tell you, I love what you're saying about how you bring history, how you're a teacher, how you found your purpose and how brand is so important. And I do want to spend a minute or two before we go to rapid fire real quick yeah. about how important brand is, but I'd like you to, <clears throat> I'm going to send you this podcaster book and I'd like you to join in the fun of getting your photo taken, but also anyone else, you know, is a positive podcaster. We'd like to include them because during a time when it's the don't know, don't know, I want to inform people. There are people that can give you hope. They can give you inspiration. They can certainly give you smiles. So um, going quickly to brand, what is the most important thing people miss when they're thinking about brand that causes their brand to actually instead of go up? Well, I think first is kind of realizing it's the ecosystem you create, right? And I, I think it's not, and that's meaning like that all your brand elements look good, like your design quality is good. Um, and I, it's funny because I feel like it all starts with website and people don't think about that. Like your copy should be written in third person because important people don't talk about themselves. Um, you need to have quality design, quality images, um, a reachable bio on your site is super, super important. Also a media page, like having all the stuff where people can find to see your different media features. So I think then you're actually creating brand equity, right? You're creating um, more of a vision that this is a bigger thing than just one person. And, you know, create, continuing to create that positioning. That's why I love interviews because you can be seen with more people that are important in your space and you can continually get the better positioning. Positioning meaning you're grabbing that space in someone's mind so that you're associated with that person. So brand is really, you know, creating this equity and value in a lot of different things that you do and, you know, creating kind of your own space in people's minds so they don't forget about you. 
And is it one of those things where you should just do it right or don't do it at all yet? So I think in the beginning, you just need to get it done because I think a lot of people, they kind of don't do anything because they, everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell right. you like some of the emails and stuff that I write are, are scary sometimes because there's just so many misspellings, but it gets out there. I think the thing you need to be cognizant of though is that you're continuing trying to better and improve on that. You know what I mean? Like just don't put out junk, but sometimes like done is better than perfect. Well, our, our main message when we're uh, putting books out is that a lot of people that put a book out, they think that the book delivery is the finish line and that's actually the starting line. And yeah. marketers, branders, uh, media people understand that that's true. But I would say a lot of authors don't know that or they wouldn't go the route they do, which is launch, hope I get an Amazon bestseller. Okay, done, drop mic or drop book, right? So with that said, uh, someone's thinking about starting a podcast and they want to know how much out of their wallet they and what's the what's the way to hack it a bit so they Mm -hmm. can get a bigger look what's what's the quick way to answer that well so out of my wallet in the beginning man like i did nothing because i had failed at a lot of different things i was broke like Mm -hmm. it was about how much work was i willing to do so like you know i sent out thousands of linkedin messages by hand before i knew there's a thing called automation getting people to try and subscribe to the show um i emailed as many people as i could i texted So when you say by hand you actually wrote it then you scanned it and then you well no i mean like i typed it out like i'm kidding because like a lot of people are like oh, you can send out all these messages and automation. It's like, all right, cool. That's kind yeah, of- Yeah, but the thing about it, uh, by hand is you mm-hmm. probably got a conversion. Well, and that's the difference. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's kind of the difference. So like I was willing to kind of outwork anybody to do it. And I think for anything, especially if you're early on, if you're willing to outwork anybody, you'll you know kind of pass out all the people that are kind of lazy about it. Agreed. So Jeremy, rapid fire, you ready? Let's do it. Book that changed your life. Uh, the 10X rule. And what book do you give to people to inspire them? Uh, so Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Andrea? What is the song that really gets you jazzed up and moving? Uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica. It's because of Mariano Rivera. <laughs> uh, movie that inspires you can include The Great Showman. Uh, Alexander. Nice. Okay, Andrea? What did you want to be when you grew up when you were little? Mm, a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, who would you want to meet right now or have on your podcast that you haven't had? Uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Cool. Uh, what, um, <clears throat> I'm stuttering over my words here for a second. Go ahead, Ken, thanks. Okay, what's a quote you live by? Uh, I would just say do more than you think you're going to need. That's about it. Not if really a quote, a s- but. Oh, yeah. It's good, though. If you had a superhero power, what would it be? I want to fly. Just be cool. And by the way, you have now entered the quote world. We're going to enter that. <laughs> okay, uh, a, uh, a song or a song that jazzes you? Uh, jazzes me. Yeah. Yeah, understand. It inspires you. It's still understand, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, understand, man. Andrea, anything else before we go to close? Uh, yeah, I want to know what the your favorite game to play with your two year old is. She loves blocks, so we're always building like towers Uh-oh. and stuff. Nice. That's, that's so the Legos big, the big, are like the, big Legos. the wooden Legos. So right blocks. now they're Duplos. Um, you know, eventually they'll be Legos. Like I built a scale model of the Titanic out of Legos. It was seven feet long when I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> and favorite podcast you listen to? Um, gosh, I listen to a lot of the Wondery ones. So I'd have to say like Business Wars or one of those. Cool. All right. Well, Jeremy, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, we have amplified your goodness, I hope, uh, to your liking. And you are a spectacular leader. And we'd love to include you in the Keep Smiling movement in any capacity you like, from a photo to including your story that would inspire others. So thank you so much for being on our show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
Awesome. And Jeremy, after we finish, if you'll stay with me a minute. And we want to thank our sponsors as well. Opus.Finance, the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, Voice America Influencers Channel, Perfect Publishing, and Big Events USA. And of course, please love on the Keep Smiling movement. At this time of year, especially after Veterans Day, um, I came across a lot of veterans who are still suffering with PTSD and other ailments, and they need some extra love in the world. So we certainly would love to be able to provide uh, more resources for them, along with um, hypnosis and limiting belief removal. So if you could make those donations, PayPal at Keep Smiling Movement, help us change lives and also introduce us to more dentists so we can provide more dental care so more people can smile, creating that dose of hope with those dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, changing everyone's world and their positivity. Ken, back to you. All right, this is Ken on Amplified. <clears throat> we'll see you next week and stay inspiring and be thankful. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.